Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. The greatest thing that God desires to do for you after you've been born again is to turn into a disciple. This is your choice. Just like salvation's your choice, this is your choice. And Abram faced that one day when God said, if you'll do one thing, I promise I'll do eight things for you. Abandon everything and follow after me, and I will make you great. Same thing that God wants to do for you today. Let's find out about it from the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Good to have you here today. This is your classroom, so I trust you're here every day. And even if you go to my website, you'll find it there, but you'll also find it on YouTube, many, many copies from YouTube and just archives. And so if you want more, if you're a glutton like I was for the Word of God, a glutton for the Word of God, that was me. Man, when I got married, my, that's all I could think about. I just want word, word, word. And, and uh, so my wife was over there going, hey, you know, I'm here too. So I had to stop and reevaluate some things along the way, but never lost that hunger for the Word of God. It just changes your life. And I begin to find out, man, you cannot overeat the Word of God. You cannot overindulge the Word of God. You can overeat. You can overdo things in life that are natural and good and just overdo them, and, and, and that's wrong with God. But I've never found really a way to find that uh, balance on how much word do you take in. I think the more you take it in, the, just the stronger you get. So that's what I'm saying. So not just once a day here. In fact, if you want to take the notes and go over them again and again, that's fine. But to go back and find them, like I said, we're archived on YouTube for hundreds of broadcasts. So if you'd like to just really enjoy yourself, do so. So again, thank you again to those who are partners with me and thank you for those who stand with me all this time. And uh, you just, you're wonderful and I look forward to the future, even greater things to come, but I'm not gonna do it by myself. It's gonna be with your help. And that is you that stand beside me as stewards, as partners in this ministry. If you'd like to become a partner, then go to bobbyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me and I thank you ahead of time for doing that. Genesis chapter 12 today, we're gonna take a look at the first couple of verses. This was the call on uh, Abraham's life and then God telling him what's going to happen to him in the future, but what God expects out of him in the future. And it's really no different for us. I have used this passage before to speak to ministers on what God's responsibility is toward them. It really comes back to this also. It's true for everybody. And this really is a course on discipleship. This uh, today, we'll probably take this for a couple of days, but we're going to take up a look at discipleship, what God wants out of us, because God doesn't want us just to get saved. God wants us to become stable. God wants us to become effective in life. And so that comes from discipleship. What God wants in this earth is not just converts. He wants disciples. And just like, how do we pray for leaders of our nations? Well, Ephesians tells us that. We're to pray for kings and all that have authority over us, that number one, they might be saved. And number two, come to the full knowledge of the truth. The word there for knowledge is not just the natural word for knowledge, it's the word for understanding God's word, for understanding his promises, and that is revelation knowledge. So he wants us to come to the full knowledge of the truth. So if you are praying that, that is basically the Great Commission. Not just get people saved, not just make converts, but also make disciples out of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. That's what Jesus said. So we are to teach the word of God. This is how we learn the word of God, grow in the word of God is by teaching. And so Genesis chapter 12, Abram has just been saved, given his life to the Lord. And now God is speaking about his promise to him and what he wants to do with him. So let's take a look at Genesis 12 verses one and two. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, away from your relatives and your father's house into a land that I will show you. I will make out of you a great 
great nation. I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Basically, what God told Abram was to do one thing, leave everything. Leave security of your home, your country, and your relatives. And just you and your wife go out. And we find out that Abram partially obeyed, taking his father and nephew with him. See, God said, don't take uh, you know, your family members with you. I'm going to start over with you. In other words, I'm going to start completely with you. But here's the point. What he was asking him to do was leave the security. And you know, by the time that Abram was this old man, he had security in the household that he lived in, his mom, his dad, and all that, his wife. Again, they lived with relatives back in those days. And so again, he, but God said, no, I want you to start, get out of here. I want you to leave the security of your home and of your country that you live in and your relatives. That includes your father, your nephew, and all those, but he took his father and nephew with him. And so this again is a test in his life. But God promised, if you would do one thing, I will do eight things for you. Isn't that like grace? I mean, we you know give our life to Jesus and suddenly all these blessings come upon us and all these blessings are poured out on us for life and for eternity. And this is what God was saying. But here comes again, like the, like the new birth, the new birth is basically you just leave everything. Lord, I, I get off the throne of my life. All the ways I've handled it has been wrong. And I want you to step in and I want you to sit on the throne of my life because I not only accept you as savior, I accept you as the Lord of my life. And so now God said, okay, you've accepted me as your Lord, then let's see it. He said, I want you to leave the security of your home, country, and relatives." because what he wants is to say this, I wanna be your everything. I wanna be your all in all. In chapter 14, where uh, he got back from uh, slaying the kings and all those other things, God came back to him and uh, the Lord said to him, he says, I wanna be your everything. I wanna be your shield, your buckler. I wanna do all those things and be your provider. And God was saying the same thing here in this chapter, chapter 12. And so Abram partially obeyed, again, taking his father and his nephew with him. And I think the reason why he took them with him, first of all, he felt responsible for his nephew because his nephew was kind of a, you know, goof off. And they, we find that later on with Lot in the in the time when he got over to the promised land. But took his father because his father was very wealthy. And what Abram probably thought was, if I run into trouble, I'll have my dad with me. His dad was like an ace in the hole in case he needed money. And God said, I'm going to be everything to you. I want to be your family. I want to be your home. I want to be your country. I want to be everything to you, your provider. Leave all these things of your security and just totally put your trust in me. This is discipleship. New birth is you give your life to the Lord, accept him as your Lord and Savior. But also you understand something. When you accepted him, you accept him as Lord. Now he says, I want to be Lord. You accepted me as Savior. I forgave your sins, but you also accepted me as Lord. I want to remain on the throne of your life and I want to be in control of your life. And so I want you to do this. And so again, I've said this before, the further you go with God, the less options you have. You can't get away with today what you got away with a year or two ago, and you will not be able to get away uh, two years or four years or 10 years from now with what you're getting by with today. Every day you walk with God, that road gets a little more narrow. But the point of it is, is you're more fulfilled. We don't need all these things back here. I'm not talking about getting rid of sins. God will tell you right now, get rid of sins. But there are weights in our life. Get rid of the weights and the sins that does so easily uh, betray us and simply do this. He said, I want you to, to follow after me and I want you to lay these things aside. And so family's not a sin. Country's not a sin. Relatives aren't a sin. But what he's saying is, I want to be the one you fully trust in. And so uh, 
not you not you'll never see them again. I want you to walk off from them and I want to start over with you again. And I want you to put your total trust in me. So this is discipleship. It's a test of our love for God. We are to leave mothers and fathers and wives and countries and possessions. Jesus told us this in Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. As a believer in the Lord, we cannot keep our trust and ties in them. I, I minister this to Bible school students. I said, look, you're here. And I know many of your, your parents and your friends think you've fallen for a cult coming here to this Bible school and that they they warned you about this and they ask you, please don't leave the church you were raised in. I mean, you know, we've been Presbyterians all of our life. Your grandma goes there, your mom goes there, your family goes there, please don't leave this. And you have to look at it, realize, no, there's a call on my life. And so you left and came here to this school. And I said, many of you have already made up your mind. I'm never going back. I said, what God wanted was for you to leave it because he may send you back to it. Nobody could probably minister to your hometown like you could because in high school you were known as the wild child, you know, the kid from hell and all these other stuff. You'd do anything, you are, you are crazy. And now that you've been born again, nobody believes you, but you go back to a town that you were raised in and you know what? They know what you used to be like, they see what you're like and they watch you. And after a while they begin to realize he really means it, she really means it. And so that's what often makes a successful church, but that's not true all the time. In fact, some of you might've said, and I tell the students this, I'm never going back to where I came from. I said, never say never. God could send you back to the town you came from. But on the other hand, you are free right now that what God is saying is wherever I ask you to go, you'll go. You've already turned loose of home. You've already turned loose of possessions. You're turned loose of a good job and come here. And by faith, you come to this school and now you're trying to get a job, uh, something that'll work out with your hours in school. And it's very difficult, but God's gonna open doors for you. And so this happens in marriage. Genesis chapter two and verse 24, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. All those things that were back there and now become a new family. And so we take on new responsibility. It happened with Elisha. First Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. When Elijah found Elisha, he was plowing behind 12 yoke of oxen. In so doing, in plowing behind those 12 yoke of oxen, that's where his trust was and all this, but he already knew he had a call on his life. He knew that, but no door had ever opened up. So he just kept doing what he did. And when Elijah came along and threw that mantle around him, he deserted, walked off from those 12 yoke of oxen, even turned around, went back and slew one of them to show he was burning his bridges behind him. He would never go back to farming again. He would never go back to ranching again. He would never go back to that place where his parents were. He was now going to follow Elijah and enter into the ministry that he had known for some time and he did for 10 years before he finally became the prophet that took Elijah's place. So again, we find this throughout the word of God, there's a leaving of those things behind us. Jesus told us our family now are those who do the will of the Father. Matthew chapter 12, verse 48 through 50. And I've noted that in my church, I pastored for years. I said, can anybody here vouch for this, that people in this church are now closer than your family was before? In fact, you see these people as new members of your family and you see them much more than you do your moms, your dads, your brothers and sisters. In fact, sometimes the only times you see your family is around Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Hands went up everywhere. And I said, this is what God's desire 
desire is. Not that we not see our parents again or those type of things, but we find a new family. And the new family, as Jesus said when he was ministering to the people, when one lady yelled out and said, oh, how blessed it must be to be your mother. You must have been a special child. And Jesus looked around and said, no, this is my mother. Those are my brothers and sisters. Those who do the will of the Father, they're the ones who become my brothers and sisters. What God was saying to Abram was, get out of here. I have a new place for you to go. You're gonna meet a whole new group of people. You're gonna start a race for yourself. He says, and this is what I'm after in your life. We find that Abram was only partially obedient and kept trying to rescue himself before he utterly depended on God, but finally got to the place where his father died in Haran. And then later on, we know the story of, of Lot, that Lot went off into Sodom and Gomorrah, took his family with him, and basically Abram was there. He even tried again by bringing back uh, the maid from Egypt and brought her back home. And of course, we know the story of that, how that uh, through that he had another child born that was not the child of the promise and finally had to come back to what God had told him. It will be through Sarah, Abram and Sarah, that your line will be called. And so uh, Abram was only partially obedient, kept trying to rescue himself before he utterly depended on God. And again, we come back to this. Most blessings in the Christian life are conditional. Eight blessings are based on Abram's obedience to leave his country, his relatives, his friends, and his home. And God simply says, I have a lot. Listen, you think I've blessed you now? The blessings are gonna keep on increasing, but this second set of blessings have now come that you need to be responsible and you need to be obedient to what I've asked you to do. Many blessings in life are unconditional. That comes totally from God's grace. But also in God's grace, there's another set where he asks for obedience to be coming to uh, you. And by doing that, he has more blessings where that came from. We'll get back to this. We'll start talking about the eight things that God said he would do for Abram if he would be totally obedient to him. I'll see you right after the break. The Beatitudes are the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. They are divided into two sections, being hearers and being doers of God's Word. In this seven-lesson series titled Grace for Growth, Bobby Andian breaks down the Beatitudes and explains the steps to spiritual maturity. Grace for Growth is available as a 7-CD series for $30 or as an MP3 download for $15. To order, visit our website at bobbyandian.com. Bobby Andian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Pastors, ministers, I know many of you would like to have some evening classes. Maybe you don't have enough in the congregation to really have fellowships, home groups, things like that. But this is the most important. This is supplemental the Word of God. I have a curriculum series, 10 30-minute uh, lessons on video, as well as my book on end times that goes along with it, a teaching on the subject of probably one that pastors fear the most is end times. Don't understand it. With all the different viewpoints today, I come back to the basic of what the Word of God says. There is a rapture of the church coming, and seven years later after that, Jesus is coming back to establish his millennial kingdom on this earth. And so much is taught in the Word of God about the simplicity of what God is saying. Once you understand it, then it seems like confusion.
confusion is gone. If you'd like to do this, you might have a time where you do it over a two week period, five nights a week, or spread it out into 10 weeks, whatever you would like to do. I know it'll be a great blessing to you. And on top of that, your congregation will come out smarter on the other end and you'll look good because you brought it into the church. See about having this series just for yourself. I talked about what God said to Abram, and that was, he said, if you'll leave your land, he said, leave your parents, leave your family, leave your possessions, leave all these things. He said, I will show you a place. And that's the first thing he said. There's eight things that God said he would do uh, for Abram. The first thing he told him he would do, he says, I will show you a place to go. Next of all, I'll make out of you a great nation. The third thing is I will bless you. The fourth thing is I will make your name great. Number five is I will make you a blessing. Number six, I will bless those who bless you. Number seven is I'll curse those that curse you. And then finally, number eight, he said, and you shall all families of the earth be blessed. And this is what we're talking about of what God promised to Abram. I want you to see something here is God promised he would do eight things for him in this series that I'm offering on this. And that is grace for growth. The, the series I'm offering in this particular series, I show that there's grace in the beginning and we basically do nothing for it. But there's also a second set of grace, things that God has, but it's bound to our obedience. It really has to do more with blessings and of obedience to him, but it's still grace because we don't manufacture any of these things. God says, I've given you this in grace, but listen, I have more grace where that came from. I'm simply asking you to do one thing, just abandon everything. Let me be your all in all and find out just how gracious I will be to you beyond the fact that I've saved you of all your sins, redeemed you, and you're now going to heaven, all these wonderful eternal things, but I also want you to grow in this life. So there's grace for salvation, but there's also grace for growth. That's what I'm talking about here. This next part, after Abram had received the promise of eternal life, and we're told, in fact, he was the major one that occupies chapter four, actually chapter three and chapter four of the book of Romans, but chapter four, dealing with the fact that Abram was saved by grace through faith, not of his works or anything like that. We go on to that, but you know what? The new birth is, uh, it comes to us and boom, we have it and it's over like that. I mean, I'm not saying your eternal life's over, but bam, the receiving of it's over. It takes a split second. What am I supposed to do with the rest of my life now that I'm born again? God says, I'm glad you asked that. I want you to grow. I want you to be little Jesus in this earth. In fact, that's what the word Christian means. You know, we often talk about that, that the word Christian means a new convert or a convert. That's not it. No, the word Christian means little Christs, little Jesuses, and really has more to do with discipleship. In fact, in chapter 11 of the book of Acts, it says that that's the, first, that's the name they gave to the, to the uh, disciples in Antioch. It said the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch, not the converts. So it's a really Christian is a name for a disciple in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God wants us to move into discipleship. The moment that we're born again, he says, now we're gonna start walking. Now you're gonna learn to walk. Now you're gonna learn to eat. Just like a baby, and we're going to get off the milk of the word here as soon as possible and start going to the meat of the word of God. This is God's plan. Then we want you to get out and start to win others to the Lord. This is again, witnessing. This again comes back to that the greatest witnesses are not new converts, but disciples. Adults produce babies. Babies don't produce babies. But adults that produce babies need to be at least an adult enough to take care of a child once that they're born again. We're told the story in Acts chapter uh, three that the man that was healed at the gate, beautiful, beautiful, 
After he was healed, he followed them into the temple. What a wonderful thing to do is lead people to church, make a seat for them, tell them, I'll pick you up. I'll save a seat for you when I get to church. Just be there and follow after them for a while. Take care of them for a while. This is what parents do for children. And this is what those who lead people to the Lord ought to be doing for those they've led to the Lord is taking them to church. Number one, what God promised Abram was this. He said, I'll do eight things for you if you'll just abandon your home, you'll abandon your family, to abandon your country and just totally depend on me. Number one is I will show you a place I have for you. I will show you. This is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Specific guidance tomorrow is based on obedience today. If you wonder why God's not speaking now, go back and check if you're doing the last thing he told you to do. I tell people this all the time. I have people tell me, I don't know right now. I'm so confused. What? But I'd make a wrong move, whatever. And I tell them, don't go make some new move. Think about this. What's the last thing God told you to do? Are you still there? In other words, there was a time when, when uh, Elijah was on a mountain and that's where God was feeding him by ravens. And there was a stream that came through there and it said the stream dried up. And then God told him where to go next. You know, I think most people about the time the stream was drying up would start getting all concerned. Maybe I miss God. This stream is drying up. No, he waited until he absolutely heard from God. What's the last thing God told me to do? Come to this mountain, stay here, have the birds feed me and have this uh, river feed me, the stream going through here. And now the stream has not, listen, wasn't drying up. It said it had dried up. It was nothing but dust. He was sitting there looking at that thing. And all of a sudden God spoke to him and said, now I want you to go to a widow. She's going to take care of you. And he followed God. I'm here to tell you, God doesn't always speak when you think he's supposed to speak, but hang in there. He will speak and it will always be at the right time. So again, if you wonder why God's not speaking now, go back and check. If you're doing the last thing he told you to do, if you are, then you're right in the right place and God will speak to you. Specific guidance is a monopoly for disciples, not for converts. What I'm saying is there can be some general guidance for those that are just born again, but specific guidance about what to do and where to go and things like that, or even ministering to you, a change is coming in your life when it comes to your calling or to a job or something like that, or things happening in your family. This happens to those who are disciples who make the decision, Jesus Christ is not just my savior, he's my Lord. He's the one that leads me and guides me to make these decisions. So again, number one is he said, I will give you guidance. Another words about this where he says, I will show you. I think one of the strongest things that helps us in guidance is our prayer life. Our prayer life prepares us. I mean, we pray and then we just wait on God and he doesn't immediately answer you right then. And especially praying in the spirit. Because one thing about praying in the Spirit is the first prophecy given of praying in the Spirit and speaking in the Spirit was Isaiah 28. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. When you pray in tongues, one of the first things that happens is there's an increase in the specificness of God leading you by the Spirit. This can happen without being filled with the Spirit. I want to say this because I know people that aren't Spirit-filled. And one of them told me one day, I just knew that job was my. I just knew it. And I came home and talked to my wife. She said, well, I knew it too. So there we have that. That's specific guidance. But I'm talking about really getting into the intricacies of life in this one. I'll show you exactly where to go. I'll show you the land I have prepared for you. So I will show you a place. And this is what the Lord told him. Number two was this, I will make of you a great nation. He was going to do something big in Abraham and from him would come a natural race and a spiritual race in this earth. 
two nations came from Abram. One was like the sand of the sea and one was like the stars of heaven. The sand of the sea is an earthly race. That was the Jewish nation. But the stars of the heaven was a heavenly spiritual race and that would be believers from every kindred, tribe, tongue, nation all around the world that would become part of the seed of Abraham. Both were called the seed of Abraham, but one, the natural race in this earth was the natural seed of Abraham. And that was even uh, for generations to come, those that were Jews and born Jews, all right? But that doesn't make them part of this race up here, which is the heavenly race, because the stars of the heavens by the billions that you look in the heavens and you can just see here, and it just goes on and on into the trillions, represented a spiritual race that would come from him. And he said, in you shall all nations be blessed. All nations means Gentile nations. So that would be blacks and whites and Hispanics and Orientals and all the different people, colors, uh, nationalities around the world could all be blessed. And they all both came from the seed of Abraham, but one was the natural seed of Abraham. One was the spiritual seed of Abraham. And then it's possible that a Jew can accept Jesus as Savior and be part of both of those. So the sands of the, of the earth can become part of the stars that are in heaven. I am not a natural Jew, but I am part of the seed of Abraham because those who have put their faith and trust in the Lord are now the seed of Abraham. I am, and so are you if you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. So number one was I'll show you a place where you're supposed to go to, and he says, when you get there, I'm gonna make out of you a great nation. Now this making of a great nation was two nations, but here it comes back to it again. A spiritual race called believers in this earth and today called the church, but those of the natural uh, are called Jews, the Jewish nation, and here's what it comes back to. He never saw that. He saw a child be born. <laughs> it was Abraham, and then it was Isaac. And he and his son Isaac, and by the time that Abraham died, you know, there was uh, Isaac, and uh, Isaac got married a little bit later, but really that's all that Abram saw. Through his lifetime, it was just a small amount of them. And so he never got to see this great nation. Many of the promises God gives you right now, you'll see the beginning of, but you will not see the total fulfillment of it until later on. And that'll be in the in, in eternity. Uh, you know, right now, I, I, I've pastored for 33 years. I was a teacher at Rama Bible Training Center for four years. I can go down the list of things now for eight years I've been doing this, and uh, you know, and I look for forward to if Jesus doesn't come for a few more years, I'm still going to be doing this. I'm having the time of my life, but I'm already beginning to see that out of me has come a nation. I didn't ask for it, but that nation is those who got born again in the church, then went into the ministry and started churches themselves. I mean, when I left the church and stepped down from it, we counted and we counted over a hundred that we had record of. And there was more than that because some we didn't have record of. They went out and began churches and missions work that came out of our church. And some of them went to Bible school. Some of them treated our church as a Bible school. And they had a call in their life, became very successful. One young man went to, uh, to, uh, uh, to Africa. And while he was over there in Nigeria, he, he started a church that's now today running some 8,000 people. And I, I think about that, it's just, it blows my mind. But that's not only true in that nation, but other nations of the world. So many states here in the United States, there's people there that have churches that came out of my church. And now some of them, those pastors have stepped down and turned it over to another pastor that didn't come out of our church, but came out of that church. And I consider them like grandchildren. I call them grand churches that I go to. And I, got, I went to one church and asked this 
this young man and said, how did you even know who I was? He said, because the pastor that was here before me, he said, who's now gone on to be with the Lord, left this church to me and I learned from him. I learned the books, your books are on the bookshelf. And he said, it's cassette tapes and CDs and all these other stuff we've had for years. I listened to them and I feel like you instructed me too. So I wanted to have you here. And I realized something, this is my next generation beyond this. It's like a son took over a church, now a grandson took over that church. So what a blessing. So again, the second thing he says, I will make out of you a great nation. And literally that's still coming to pass with every person that gets born again. As the physical Jewish nation increases, that's what's happening here in this earth. And out of Abram came again, a great nation he promised to him. And so the third thing, and we'll get into this one tomorrow, I will bless you. We're gonna talk about this, all blessings, spiritual and natural come from God. And so blessings here, are we blessed when we get born again? Yes, but there's more blessings yet to come. There's the blessings of the new birth, but there's also the blessings of discipleship. When you make up your mind, I'm gonna forsake everything and follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I thank all of you watching the program today that are, are that have stuck with me all these years and are faithful, thank you so much. And what a great blessing you have become. My spiritual family is increasing right now. And the thing is, I don't see you. I can't see you through the TV, but I know you're out there. I get emails from you and letters from you and things like that. Thank you so much for contacting me. And again, I want the best to come to you and, and understand this. Perhaps you followed me for years. You might even attend to the church that I pastor. You're still following me. You never ever reach full maturity in the Christian life. It goes on and on and on. And if you could live to be 130, 140, 200 years old, you'd still be growing in the things of God. Never forsake the Word of God. It is your daily bread. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.